Hi, everybody. I'm Magnus Carlson from Magnus Carlson Audio. This is a podcast where real medical professionals discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless your doctor is named Strange, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Bain. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Serial, but not that Serial. This is one that's just an ASMR recording what? of me pouring cereal. That's not a good one. That's not a good one. No. No. That's a really good no, one. No, it's a terrible one. Terrible. I planned this out like three days ago. No. Damn it. No. Uh, this is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. Uh, this week we're going to be doing one of my favorite things and talking about Star Trek, specifically Star Trek The Next Generation Season 6, Episode 5, Schisms. Uh, we have two wonderful guests with us once again, Dr. Greg Winter. Hi everybody. And Dr. Courtney Nicholas. Hi everybody. Yeah. Um, so... Courtney, do you want to tell us why we chose this episode? I've been waiting for a Star Trek The Next Generation episode since you guys have started this podcast. And so we chose this episode because I sat down and went through every single episode. (laughs) Literally. Literally. For anything that could possibly have to do with medicine. I had multiple suggestions that were thrown out by all the doctors. Hey. No, I No, no. Push aside. Will be used for a later yeah. They will be used for a later time. Not prioritized. Correct. <laughs> um, I think the reason why Courtney picked this episode was about a little bit about sleep deprivation, and this isn't so much a discussion about what they got right and wrong, but it's definitely what we've been we've gone through in our experience with not sleeping and all that stuff. Yeah. So this is more of a comparative study than uh, picking apart. Correct. We might have forgotten a little bit about the alien alien abduction. Yeah, but we, you and I, both had the same moment of, oh my yeah! gosh, it's this episode. As soon as we got into Act Two, and and they started talking about the table. But yeah. So I mean, it all started out with Riker looking real tired with a lot of bags under his eyes. Yeah. That, still very handsome. Yeah, he looked very haggard, but very handsome Correct. in his seersucker pajamas. Gosh, those those pajamas looked fantastic. I I kind of want them. So yeah. attractive. So we open the episode with uh, Commander Riker, who has not been sleeping well, mm-hmm. and goes through a things are going weird on the on the ship, and the cold open ends with basically I'm really really tired. Yeah, and getting a lecture from Data didn't help either. Yeah, or, sorry, a, a poetry, poetry reading. Yeah, yeah, I think that was probably the thing in the episode that <laughs> spoke to me the most the most from a like medical education standpoint where there is so much stuff that you have to sit through and you just have to be there and sit through it and you have to be attentive even if it doesn't apply to you even if you're never going to use it again you have to be there and be awake and be interested or appear interested or appear interested i will say his his reclining pose like Riker's reclining pose with his arms folded and just leaning back trying to close his his john bender from breakfast club pose that was that was me many many times during Med school residency fellowship, you name it. Yeah. For for people who didn't watch this episode before listening to our episode, this is the episode with Ode to Spot, and for the non Star Trek fans, that's Data uh, reciting a poem about his cat. In iambic pentameter. In iambic pentameter, 
uh, and you know, it's as good as any of your friends' poems about their yeah, cats. Would I thought be. It, that was actually it's the high point poem. of the episode. <laughs> I love Star Trek. This was not a great episode. That oh, was I a think pretty it's a great episode. <laughs> I think my favorite part about at least that part was Greg talking about the story of him getting a lecture one on one. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why this part really um, spoke to me. There was a time in as a third year medical student, and I was on like a uh, internal medicine, but also you do these little smaller rotations where you're sort of broken up. And I was in rheumatology. I think it was rheumatology. yes, it was rheumatology for sure. And um, my uh, my attending was like, well, we don't have any patients for the afternoon. Let's do a lecture. And she took me in her office, which was a very nice office. And did a one-on-one PowerPoint <laughs> in, the, in a dark, warm office. <laughs> and I was asleep in, I don't know, at, I mean, maximum I was awake for 10 minutes, and she gave an hour-long lecture. So there's is it no possible? <laughs> like, there's, there's nowhere I to mean, hide. all that happens in that is, like, you s- sometimes wake up. And so you do crazy things. You pinch yourself. Like, you are, like, trying to twist your skin off. You are biting your tongue. You're doing whatever you can to stay awake. But it also doesn't matter. If you slept for four hours and you're sitting in a warm, dark room, you do not get to stay awake. And that is, like, that is what you see Riker doing. He is doing the nod off. Mm-hmm. And as crappy as it is to go through it, it is the best sleep you ever get. And, it is. Well, and the thing to perfect, too, is the waking up without a start. Because right. that's oh, what brings yeah. attention to you. Right, yeah. <laughs> you have to learn how to wake up, wake up peacefully. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm I, awake now. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. I know exactly what you're saying. No, I did not fall asleep. Greg, is no. it possible that your this was was this your so you were a resident? You said med no. School. This was in, in med school. You're, you're a med, is it possible that this was someone who realized that you could just use an hour sitting in a dark room? I, and you know what? That's entirely true. Maybe she could realize that. Except for. No, she could have sent me home. <laughs> okay. We didn't have anything to do. Okay. I will say that is like the worst thing as a medical student when they just go, why don't you just read for a little bit and then we'll get you when we're ready when we need you. I used to do that to my medical students It's the, the worst thing to do. Though. No, that's the best thing. But you like, just send them home. You have to have a discussion with them kind of off books where like, if I'm telling you to go read, do whatever you want. I can't, I mean, I can't send you home. I might need you. That's not true. I never will need you. I never will need you. But I might, I might need, need some more bodies to do something. Maybe an and also, there are times where you're... I mean, when you're a resident, you have to be there. So you can't, like, send, send the residents home. But med students, you could. Med students, you could send home. I I think the teachers that were better about that did realize that. And they would send you home. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's me seek. Yeah. No. And then, um, but the other part, the only I only wrote down a few notes for this episode. Uh-huh. But I, my favorite part is um, Picard has mastered the face of tolerance. Picard is just as tired and angry as everyone else in this poetry reading, but he is awake and he is nodding, but he is not enjoying it. <laughs> And that, I mean, that's what a leader is, I think. That's what we all strive for. I mean, that is what we do after we get, like, a 25-minute presentation about a patient with a cold. I'm going to go on record. That's why he's the best captain. I I don't know much. I've I've admitted this before. I don't know much about Star Trek. I will agree with you on that part, though. Now, I can only speak to all of this from Data's perspective Uh as someone who studied (laughs) theater (laughs) uh, and has had people fall asleep during my performances. 
I'd say like my dad, but he's not listening to this because he hadn't hasn't made it this far into the episode. Um, and we know, guys. Does he just say yeah? I started we know. Listening oh yeah, to him. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Great. So great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. I, I, I've told all my pharmacist friends. Um, yeah, we're we're aware of it when you fall asleep during our performances. Or even when you fall asleep listening on iTunes. <laughs> because it means you've gotten through another six episodes. Thank you. We appreciate it. Keep doing this. Just remember, if ne- if remember they... to wake and subscribe and review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening, hi every at hi everybody on uh, Facebook, etc. Um, um, but they also mentioned that he didn't sleep for two to three days. I don't know how that feels. Well, actually, I do know I how know. it feels not to sleep for two days. Um, that's when things start hurting. I yeah. don't know if you guys have had that sensation before. I have. Like, your body hurts, and that's when I actually started hallucinating a little bit, too. And that is the worst time to see patients. It's the best time to write. You get nauseous. <laughs> you get, <laughs> that's yeah. the best. <laughs> like Courtney said, you get nauseous, yeah. too. So, I've not done a medical residency because I'm a guy who hosts podcasts. <laughs> but I've done forty-eight hour theater theater festivals and Oof. yeah, where we do where we opt into this. Oh, I mean, we opted into this for free. Too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's we made as much free. as someone who works at In and Out during residency. Actually, less than someone who works at In and Out, but it yeah, still I hurts. Calculated at one six fifty an hour. Yeah, it it's pretty painful. But that the first thirty hour call was I I remember that very clearly, and that's when I drove on the wrong side of a one way street. Or There's wrong only way. one side on a one-way street, Jackson. <laughs> wrong, yeah. wrong way on a one-way street. And I wondered why cars were driving at me, and I wasn't sure. Until were you honking I... at them? Hey, guys, why? <laughs> I think I think I did. And then I was like, oh, crap, I need to get home and go to sleep now. So I I think that Jackson and I were the last group of people that had unrestricted, unrestricted work hours, which basically meant that you stayed until somebody sent you home. We were 30-hour cap. We were 30-hour. I mean... That's restricted. That was a cap. 30 hours. Did you have unrestricted? I'm, no. So we were the last year before are... they changed the rule to... That's what... I'm sorry. 16 plus 4, I believe it is. Or 16 sorry. plus something. I can be wrong. To, to um, <laughs> sign out. But we were the last class where we could do 30 hours uninterrupted. That's nuts. Because was... that doesn't seem like a, a situation where you would actively be able to learn. And it's not a situation where you can learn. No. And... The studies show that not only do you not learn, but you also do lots of dumb things. Mm-hmm. The weird thing about medicine is you ha- is that you have to experience things, and to experience things, you have to be Put in your hours, yeah. And so it's a trade-off between being present and also being awake. Aware. Oh, yeah. Awake and aware, right. And that's um, tough. Did, did, we have a, did we have a work week hour restriction? 80. Eight, it was eighty, what, but that's no, what it, okay. but it was eighty averaged over four, four weeks. weeks. Yeah. So you could have weeks where you would do one hundred hours of work mm-hmm. before, um, and then the following week they'll, they'll make it up by making it sixty. Right. But I think we need to be careful about complaining about our work hours because people <laughs> ten years ahead of us are oh, yeah. going to be laughing at. Yeah, they're like wusses. People ten years ahead of us don't know how to use their iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the worst part about when I did my first or my 30 hour calls was getting random pages when I was tr- actually got to put my head down to bed. And it was something like there are two orders for Tylenol and we don't know which one you want to use. 
And I think after I got my fourth one, I said, do you hate me? You did something to them. I know. And I actually called him out. I'm like, did I make you upset you at some point? And they said, no, we're just trying to make it look better. I'm like, no, you just hate me right now. I hope I never come back here ever again. My like, favorite. That never it. happened to me. I had <laughs> 2 a.m. page for a It only happened at one hospital. Yeah, I'm Ooh. sorry. Courtney, you had a 2 a.m. page. My favorite was I had a 2 a.m. page to write an order for ChapStick. There was a... I mean, that's... I assume this wasn't while you were doing there, neonatal work. There was, yeah, was a pediatrics. resident at the hospital I trained at that got fired because someone paged him at like four in the morning mm-hmm. and said the patient was sad. So this is somebody that is definitely trying to mess with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. I'm paging at four in the morning because the patient is sad. And he ordered a clown to bedside, stat. And that did not go over well. <laughs> and he got fired. Like, that, that definitely happened in my educational experience. I don't even know what to say to that. Right, exactly. <laughs> what do you say to that? Like, everyone in that is wrong. <laughs> like, I know multiple clowns that would have taken that call. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I probably tr- would have tried to order that for it. <laughs> no. What do you want? We all need a clown. Nursing what? communication order. Clown to bed steps. Why are you ordering... Like, why are you telling me this right now? Yeah. There's nothing I can do. But mm-hmm. also... That shouldn't be your response. And that those are the things you do when you have not slept for two days. You but also, why do you have a chaplain and not a clown? I did like how Greg asked when there was muscle tension in Riker's neck, why, which kind of doctor was going to handle it, an MD or a DO? Yeah, there were, there <laughs> I, were I, massage I, moments. Oh, oh. Uh, I say that with the utmost respect for DOs. If I was going to have a primary care doctor, it would be a DO. My it's primary just, care doctor was a, very, was a DO. It was a very hands-on exam. Yeah. And she did all that scanning and was like, oh, you just have some muscle tension and then started rubbing the back of his neck. Muscle tension is pretty easy to find if you just touch those muscles. Yeah. What about the prescription she wrote for him? The hot milk toddy. (laughs) (laughs) As a drinker, I have an issue with that because I can't think of a good liquor that goes with warm milk. Whiskey, vodka. (laughs) Greg can think of Bailey's. No, yeah. Bailey's, Bailey's yeah, but it was, but it was, it, it still looked like milk. Yeah, it did. It didn't I mean, look like they put anything in it. A a white Russian is a pretty good drink. Okay, yeah. I, I get, a warmed up white Russian. You warm it up a little bit. You throw some cinnamon in there. You'll be fine. So a hot, if, a hot white Russian. So if that patient, you, what you are you, now what are you, eligible for a cabinet? What are you position. doing after this podcast? <laughs> so if that patient had, you know, you got a nurse call and said that patient's sad, would you write him a hot milk toddy? <laughs> <laughs> I I would say. Why is the patient sad? What, like, then you move on from there. Yeah. You, like, both of them were clearly angry, and both of them handled it wrong. I but, think a good follow-up would have been, like, what did you do to help make this patient not sad anymore? Cause... No, then you're going to get another page in about 45 minutes, right after you get back into REM sleep. <laughs> Those days were rough. Those were rough. I, I do not miss doing overnight in-house Shut hospital up. calls. <laughs> Courtney. Hey, I'm not the one who's going to get those calls anymore. Well, I work in the NICU and I just keep thinking about how many of my patients are sad on an hourly basis. How do you know? None of them. Do they have they're the capacity sad. for sad? For they're just hungry. The and there's crying everywhere. That could be crying for many reasons. Anger, hunger. Sadness. Sadness. <laughs> because. Just, I'm a just baby. Be, I'm a baby. It could be anything. Um, I I kind of so Star Trek is doing this thing where they're doing a lot of short treks, which are just little cuts of what's going on in Star Trek. I want to see what's happening in sick bay 
when the chief medical officer isn't around and there's somebody who's been working for 80 hours. So there's a lot of shenanigans that happen and in any workplace environment. But thinking of the shenanigans that can happen when you can severely injure someone and just be like, and everything's <laughs> fine. Like, there's no bet that you wouldn't take. There is no dumb thing you wouldn't try to jump over or through. It's just like, well, we can fix it. It doesn't matter what happens. How many you. times has O'Brien broken his shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> or separated their AC joint. <laughs> Fire Grub, by the way, has an ice pack from a one-wheel skateboard. <laughs> His sling will be here tomorrow. Well, in, in this episode, Riker, part of it was they, the aliens who abducted him while he's not sleeping. They severed his arm and reattached it. But two microns off. Two microns off. So they're not perfect. No one's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Poe buddy's nerfing. Poe buddy's nerfing <laughs> at all. Like, how did they know? Like, that's so minuscule. Two microns is a really, really small thing. Like, that's yeah. nothing. Yeah. It's Star Trek. They know In everything. fact, why did they even check it? Because it's not like he had a scar on his arm. Exactly. So what they really, they scanned him and they're like, oh, there's part of your distal ulna and radius that are two microns. They, never... they just have the backscatter because of, <laughs> you know... The Patriot Act is still in effect. <laughs> they get they get to scan everyone. They also never really explain why his arm was amputated and then reattached. Because why they, not? Because aliens. The aliens were oh. kidnapping them to do experiments and figure out how humans live, or how arms work, how since arms they have work. claws. They did have I claws. mean, but their claws seem to have a radius and ulna. It seemed to be pretty <laughs> similar anatomy. Yeah. And then, but why do you have these little dangly bits on the I end wish, of your radius? I sort of up? wish our scissors looked like fingers, because <laughs> that's the way their scissors look. Longer, but more curved, right. is what he said. Um, I'm trying to think what else I wrote down here. Everyone lost track of time for a long time. Data lost track of time for an hour. Like You wonder, like, what did they do to Data? He, he cut off his arm, put it right back on, <laughs> because they could do that with epoxy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think the part, or maybe a thing that we can talk about, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 so we're so this is a bad medicine podcast that is going to very shortly veer entirely away from medicine. <laughs> yeah. When they are trying to recreate this room from memory, mm-hmm. and there is definitely that, like, if you've ever been in that, like, night or day after a crazy night... And, like, kind of discussing things with people where different people can pick out different parts of the night. Even yeah, though yeah. everyone doesn't really remember. But then as you're discussing it, things kind of start... You finally figure out in. who kicked that hole in your wall. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me um, pull that back to medicine, though. That works in conferences. You know, when you have an entire family and you're giving any kind of news, people pull different parts from it. And yeah. They remember different mm-hmm. parts. And so I'm sure your conferences are similar to mine where... It's good to have a big room of people because people remember different yeah, things. Yeah, because you can ask them questions like, How, have you dreamed about scissors recently? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or, Is this a tall table or a short table? Or are there any smells in the room? Um, so they're doing all this stuff trying to figure out what happened. And they're trying to recreate this room that everyone is being tested in. And there's a big thing in medicine about restraints. And when they said, oh, the table had a restraint and this thing popped up. And I was just like... That's not a restraint. No, no, it, 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 it was a, it was a tray table. Right, it was a tray. I mean, as a guy who does have to use a lot of restraints at work because I get very violent patients that will try to attack me or spit at me, 
We do have to use everything else before we do the four-point restraint. But as a girl who flies a lot, a tray table can be a restraint. <laughs> right. And actually, so that's part of it is like, what is a restraint and what isn't? Yeah. And it's... And anything that impedes the patient from moving on their own is considered a restraint. And in different settings, different things are a restraint. So in some nursing homes or some residential care facilities... Even something as as simple as a bedside rail is considered a restraint because the patient can't adjust it themselves. Mm. And also, people can get hurt on those things because if they fall and they're weak and they get stuck in between the bed and the the rail, it can it can cause damage. People that we've had patients that have died from things like that. And so, I mean, so you don't think of things like that as a restraint, but they are restraints. Normally, when we're talking about restraints in medicine, we're talking about like soft restraints of ankles or wrists. And, and I, I think we all have an idea of what those look like. It's, it's like, you know, soft, kinky handcuffs, but medical. <laughs> and, and so that's kind of what I thought when they were talking about restraints. And that's not at all what they show. They have like this kind of metal hibachi style grill that goes over the dude's chest. That I might mean, be why they cut his arm off. And, <laughs> oh, jeez. Can you imagine the aliens just doing hibachi style with his arm? And ah. Just flipping up in the air. <laughs> Make the little volcano. Yeah, make it hold the volcano and push it along. Out of his beard. Um. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares. So, that's great. it's like a very weird thing to think of that as a restraint. But also, like, that's the thing that popped up when they told the computer to make a restraint. Yeah. And it just, like, it's one of those, like... <laughs> it's not what anyone would think of as a restraint. Right. And we also know that the holodeck doesn't have family settings to only have family safe restraints because one season earlier we saw I was gonna say how do we know that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Johnny knows. Oh, Johnny knows. I, I read all the fan fiction. Uh because we saw a character that had his fun little simulation with all of the officers. I remember that one. Where you where you said, Oh I don't like Barkley. I didn't like Barkley. Have you seen the Orville at all? Yes. Because there's a, there's a pretty aggressive simulation in the Orville. Yes. Uh, the one where... Where the... Where the uh, they're the, downloading the porn and it gets infected yeah, in the he, holodeck. Yeah, he, he, the, the Klingon type officer. I'm going to say season two yep. episode. Like three or four, four. early. <laughs> All right, I'll catch up. I'm just guessing. Season two of the Orville is great. I mean, season one is great. Season one is okay. Season one has great episodes, and I mean, just like Star, like season one of Star Trek. Tonga is a is one of my favorite things. It's not good most of the time. It's nostalgic and great. Yeah, but it's not good when yeah. it's when it's great. It's great when it's good. It's okay. <laughs> Greg looks yeah. unsure. I mean, that's the like when it's great, it's great, and when it's good, I'm still watching it. Fair. <laughs> I think the one medical thing, though, kind of bringing it back into all of this stuff, <laughs> Pulling it back. is when Crusher talks about how everyone has increased serotonin because they all got a neuro sedative. Okay. I'm going to ask a question that Jackson has asked three times over the course of watching the episode. Guys, what is a neuro sedative? It's a sedative for your neuro. <laughs> Can you give and me that? And that is the answer that often, I've gotten every single time I've asked it. Often the answers are in the question. <laughs> Can you give me an example of a neuro sedative? No. Whatever was in that hypo spray. There we go. Uh, a milk toddy. A milk toddy. <laughs> What's a hypo spray? <laughs> a hypo spray is magic injector. It's syringes, but better. 
just sprays it into their neck. Transdermal. A hypo spray is a thing that seems like it's going to be great and super futuristic until it actually came to being in real life, and it kind of is crummy and hurts. It, it like, aerosolizes whatever drug you're trying to put in, and it pushes it through the skin at high pressure. Okay. And it hurts a lot. So I think the only, the closest thing that we've used in pediatrics is something called a J-tip, which is to start IVs. Mm -hmm. And it's filled with um, lidocaine, and then you open it up, and it just sprays straight into your skin. Mm. So it numbs your skin enough so you can start an IV. But I feel like the J-tip, just based on your explanation, would hurt a lot more. The The most baller patient I've ever had was a little seven-year-old who I was sewing up her fingers, and I'm, I'm sure I was not doing the greatest block, as I was an urgent care doctor at the time. Okay, so... The- this was not palliative care. This was not palliative. Care. I was this like that someone... four seven year old. Yeah, I was, I was, I was preparing for a downer. <laughs> no, no, this is a good. Story. <laughs> um, but she had, she had sliced her fingers. I mean, whatever people slice their fingers, and so she's in the office. And if somebody, if you're going to sew somebody up, you want to do your best to numb that area so that you know, repeatedly putting a needle and drawing thread through it doesn't hurt them. But lidocaine, which is the drug that we use to do that, has a tendency to, like, it tingles a little bit. It's a little bit uncomfortable. It burns. Some people say that it burns. Either one of you had stitches? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember it burn? Do you remember that that's the yeah. worst part yeah. of your experience? Yeah. You guys are horrible people. <laughs> anyway. Two so out of three doctors say it burns. It burns. <laughs> that's, that's right. One of them is right. Um, <laughs> it's one of us. <laughs> so... Normally, when you're doing something like that, you try to, you want to numb up that area with as many, with as few injections as possible. We call it doing a block. You, like, kind of move away from the injury, try to stop those nerves from being, um, from continuing to have sensitivity. So you inject them with lidocaine. So make the nerves go to sleep. Thank you. That's a better way. So you're trying to make the nerves go to sleep with with the lidocaine. A neurosedative? (laughs) <laughs> oh shit oh count it count it oh that's so good uh that's great I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> um so i injected her and you have to normally do two of these little blocks uh later when you learn better you can do do just one but so i did the first one and she is screaming bloody murder her dad is there her dad will, doesn't even want me to do the second one i'm like i, I there's no way i'm going to so do this without injecting the other one and she's like, I don't care. It hurts too much. Just sew me up. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> and, and then I just like, did it. You, okay. you let a seven-year-old tell you that? I mean, I'm definitely... Okay. If she's, someone's telling you not to inject them with something, you do not inject them with something. She's the That's boss. That's very true. And, you know, her dad is the boss, who was like, don't do it. And I was like... Okay. I, I said, I will try. And then she was like, she tolerated that much better than having another injection. That was the most baller patient. It's like, no, don't! Just do it! I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's going to hurt a lot. It's not going to be fun. And then, I mean, since since we did talk about neurosedatives, she said to counter it with the neurostimulant, which that we were talking, that I'm pretty sure what that is. (laughs) I didn't say that sentence correctly, but that's okay. The thing that would counter a sedative is a stimulant. Correct. Right. Which, so it's Done. Concerta. Concerta. That's good. That's math. That's fine. I was thinking cocaine. Yeah. He's I mean, got what's... cocaine written in his notes right here. Yeah. <laughs> cocaine. That's, that's what's like... the stuff that Chef Chelly does, Chelios does off the, the wet floor of that bathroom? Okay. That's the one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the stuff. Taking it back to lack of sleep and residency, um, there are stories that residents used to take speed. 
to get through training and medical school and everything. And it could be one of those urban legends, but I like to believe it. I mean, I my friends in med school that had access to people that grew that people that lived in Mexico or people that had Adderall definitely used that. Yeah, I, if there was anything that would be considered a performance enhancing drug in med school, it was Adderall. I mean, we had a lot of kids using that, and that was like the first exposure I had to Adderall, um, or at least people taking Adderall. Was it also in your notes? No, that was not in my notes. Um, but there were a lot of kids that used Adderall, and, and then they would try to sell it to other students to get a leg up on the other med students so they can get a higher mm-hmm. rank. It is, I mean, it is definitely a stimulant, and it helps keep you awake. It also stresses out your heart. It also makes you not want to eat. It also makes it difficult to sleep. Sleep is something that your brain needs. It is a restorative function. It is not just, oh, you're not awake anymore. So it's things that people are doing to sort of keep up with their competition, but they probably don't realize the downside of what they're doing as well. Looking at this episode, specifically like the first two acts, is it possible in those first two acts that it was just Commander Riker doing a butt ton of Adderall? No, because in the first act, he was falling asleep during the poems. Okay, there we go. Although, he could have those come down. poems were boring enough where, even on an Adderall binge, you and probably it was the, That was the ninth poem. <laughs> but to be fair, he could have been coming down from it, too. And then really getting it. <laughs> but those poems stunk. Except for Ode to Spot. I like Ode to Spot. Ode to Spot's pretty great. See, you know, Jackson... I'm not when you talk. don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to talk. As far as poems in Star Trek: The Next Generation, that one's pretty. I don't think you've seen Spot. <laughs> Spot's like pretty phenomenal. Spot is a yellow. T- Spot is basically Garfield. Yeah. Jim Davis should have sued Tunga. <laughs> I love the vocabulary in Ode to Spot. I feel like anything where I might need to pull out a dictionary and look up sixty percent of the words, it's art. It's a good poem. I mean, I at least you know the person seen, that's like, trying to all tell of the me theater I, I did in college doesn't know either. Um, God, we have digressed. <laughs> you know, we, that's we, we, kind of what we expected for this episode. Yeah, we we called this one. Um, I've got a question about Troy's psychi- psychiatric acumen. Yeah, in the event that somebody's having a really bad, you know, probably what's what to me looked like PTSD. Is the best thing to do to get five people who are having the exact same experience in the room and recount it? I I don't know enough about. I don't either, but there is definitely group therapy kind of situations where that may be helpful. But there's always a risk that you're going to trigger them and send them into a different path that is expected. The other the other issue that sometimes you get if you have a lot of patients with the same kind of thing and you put them into the same place, which we do have with suicidal patients in my hospital, is if they're all in the same area, they start getting ideas off of each other mm-hmm. and bouncing them back and forth, and then they become more repeat customers than you would want them to be. Okay. So that might be the potential downside that I've seen a few times. However, group therapy does work in certain situations. However, in this, who knows? Like, Just like know for that this, was, this was like... Having them all sit down with a detective and say, hey, let's talk about it. From a, from sort of a medical legal standpoint, you would never do that. You wouldn't have somebody who is not part of that therapy group participating in that therapy in order to figure something out. I, I think that's the thing that happens in movies a lot, too, where they're like, oh, we're going to interview all these people. It's like, you can interview them, but they're, they all have to be separate. It can't be, like, part of therapy. Mm-hmm. But I don't 
feel like this was therapy so much as there was an inkling idea that these people had gone through the same thing and don't have a memory of that. And so getting them together and having them talk about it, kind of like you were you were talking about, Greg, with the night before that maybe you don't remember and the shared experiences and people trying to piece together. I don't remember that. Memories. <laughs> exactly. But as as a counselor and as a medical professional, is that her role? On a ship in the middle of the galaxy, possibly. <laughs> okay. I, will, I, will, I will defer to the Prime Directive. I, I think, to answer your question, I think if Troy is acting as a counselor, mm-hmm. inappropriately, in that setting, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because part, in, in, in our setting... In 21st century medicine. Yeah, and, and so, like, be... it would be, I think it would be okay to get a group together and talk about your their shared experiences and kind of work through that. But, but not have wouldn't it be right there. to do that as a therapist and then use that information in an investigation? To other thing, and, like, share that with other people. Because one of the big things about therapy or any medicine is that there's doctor patient confidentiality. When people mm-hmm. are in group therapy, there's some understanding that there is confidentiality between those people that are there, but you would not then go share that information with the captain and the security officers and all that other all that other stuff. And a cyborg. He's not a cyborg. But an being on a ship is very different, and there, I mean, yeah. But I, I would assume that in the military there would be... Uh, I've said this many times. It's not a naval podcast. So... Yes, Johnny? How are you going to say Generally, I, I, have a, I have a question that I ask. I don't know how you're gonna fit that question into this. I know. Go for it. No. I'm gonna well, go with it. it, it well, first, do we have any anything else we want to discuss before? I wrote that the missing ensign had exothalamus. Well, we we <laughs> could talk about the lack of blood spurting as Riker snatched her away with those tubes coming out of her arms. Yeah. So Riker rescued a, a uh, ensign and a missing ensign. Red shirt. Um, she, she was wearing a blue dress. Yeah, it was yeah. a blue dress. <laughs> she was. <laughs> She she red shirt. It, it was a red shirt. Well, she was snatched out of her bed, probably. Um, and everyone and wears a blue sleeping gown. In Star Trek, they do. Or Riker sucker pajamas. Yeah. I know Riker. She really wants your sucker pajamas. But she had like eight different IVs running into her arm. Yeah. Like I mean, Matrix style IVs. So, yeah. Exactly. Not necessarily IVs. They right. That's the thing. So we're assuming that they're IVs, but also they could be they could be in soft tissue. They could be in muscle. Who knows what those aliens are doing? Who knows? They think scissors are claw things. Yeah. So they don't know what's going on. But none of them, when they were removed, there was no blood. But there they, was no blood. I mean, we don't so know if when it's, it was attached, though. If if you aren't in a vein or an artery when you pull that out, there's not, not going to be a ton of stuff. I mean, there's going to be there's is going to be some oozing, but it's not like. Okay. So, medically for once, medically there Enough might have blood? been <laughs> the right amount of blood. It's just we don't know what they're doing. And in a lot of other situations, we know exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. We should watch The Matrix. We should watch The Matrix. It's 20-year anniversary. Is it really? Wow. For, like, another five weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's in theaters right now. Is it? I think so. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask two questions. I ask them a lot. I don't know how much they're going to apply this week. The human centipede bills itself <laughs> as being 100% medically accurate. Are we comparing everything to the human centipede? Yes, right. we are. Yes. Because that's the only thing that billed itself as 100%, 100% medically, medically accurate. accurate. If the, the human centipede 
is 100% medically accurate. How medically accurate would you say that Star Trek The Next Generation Season 6 Episode 5 Schisms is? Pass. (laughs) (laughs) What's a schism? Actually, we did not touch on that. (laughs) What is a schism in this setting? You know, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know the answer. Isn't it like sort of it's like an idea of of thoughts that go together? Isn't that what it is? Well, a schism is like a break oh, between things. I thought things. it was like the Grand Canyon. It is a split or division between <laughs> the opposed sections or parties. So it's the, One of us studied liberal arts. The opposite of the thing that I said. Yeah. I'm willing to be wrong. You gotta be wrong sometime. Yeah. Caused by differences in opinion or belief. There was nothing about this. Nothing about this was a schism. A schism. Everyone believed they got abducted by aliens. <laughs> But, um... So it was not linguistically accurate. Correct. But medical accuracy... I feel like we must be missing something. No, I, th- I think that somebody just had... accurate. Somebody just had a poor understanding of what a schism was. Somebody had my understanding of what a schism was. <laughs> Language changes over the centuries. I will say, this also, like, when Picard hears about what's happening and he's sitting in his captain's chair and he's surprised and concerned he wears that well on his face you know he's surprised and concerned but also you know he's in charge because best captain patrick stewart is amazing yeah best yeah. captain best captain hands down i will go to war with anyone who says otherwise me too <laughs> i'd go to war against them all right but what would you say the percentage would be 13.5 really <laughs> There was sleep involved. Not gonna sleep exists. Sleep is a thing. You know what? I want to give them bonus points because the bags under Riker's eyes are amazing. Okay, I'm so glad that you brought those up because (laughs) I do. The one thing that I did not mention we were talking about the early scenes was Riker's appearance with the bags under his eyes, and they were like double bags. Oh yeah, HD makes them that much better. And then the hair, where Riker typically has really good hair, and in this episode it was just all over. That was me for, like, the first seven years of my training. (laughs) (laughs) What am I saying? That's still me. Yeah, I I have double bags. I have perpetual (laughs) double bags. I don't know what normal sleep is anymore. You do, I can see them from here. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what normal sleep is. Like, Mm -mm. that's great for traveling, though, because I never get jet lag. Oh, I fall asleep before we even take off. I I work from home, and I still look this tired. (laughs) That's rough. Jenny, we should talk. Yeah, we're gonna have a talk after this podcast. Sleep hygiene is important. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'd say I'd say higher than thirteen point five. <laughs> I'd say at least the alien abduction did not push you past that. No, but it's we're talking about if we're talking about medicine, okay. like the things that are medical. The lack what of sleep. is accurate, what is not accurate. The lack, lack of sleep, sleep is is real messy. Lack of sleep does a lot of stuff to you. It gives you tension in your neck. It needs a physician massage. Uh, it affects your memory. It affects your blood pressure. It affects your. It makes you high risk for diabetes. It does a lot of stuff. Um, you should get a, a good amount of sleep. I'd say I'd say fifty. I mean, but also if you're not getting sleep because you're being abducted by aliens and having experiments done on you, that's a little bit different than if you're just not going to sleep. You yes. have other problems. <laughs> you have yeah. other problems. The lack of sleep is least of your problems on that. Well, and you know, we've talked a lot about, through medical training, how there's a lot of lack of sleep, and you know, Jackson, you're driving on the wrong side of the road, and, and things of that nature. The, uh, the wrong side be, of a one-way street. The wrong side of a one-way street. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I ended up on a bike path once, but it wasn't during medical school, so I can't blame it on that. 
Um, the powers that be in medical training have made it mandatory to have, what did they call it, sleep training? Yeah. Or uh, lectures regarding the importance of sleep, something of that nature. Right? Talking about micro-sleep and sleep deprivation right. and sleep hygiene. And so what that boils down to, typically for most training programs, is an hour, maybe, at the beginning of the year. Which is good because it means you're probably awake for it. Hopefully. I mean, and then that, in truth, that's it, though, it's typically. In truth, it is better than not having any of it. And I think because of it, people have realized how much of a big deal it is. I mean, like, I, I still think as protected as they make it, it's not protected enough because there's still this kind of culture in medicine where if you're not willing to be there and go the extra mile and do whatever you can, then you're not as good as somebody else. But I'm, I'm, please do not take this as the right quote, but I think it's like after 24 hours of no sleep, you're basically like a 0.08 blood alcohol level. And that you're legally drunk. You're slow. And so like that affects everything you do, right? It affects your judgment. It affects who you text. It affects (laughs) all of that stuff. So imagine if your doctor is like that. And if you're at a hospital where there's doctors that are being trained, that's, I mean, likely there's sleep deprivation. Yeah. Yeah. Not even being trained some areas once you're past training oh yeah and worse. that's the truth right? i mean no once you're longer we're not we're no longer protected by exactly. our respect. and that was that was the thing that I, when jackson and i were going through we were that last group that had non-protected hours up to 80 hours a week I was say, right? again not true <laughs> yeah. but so that was a very weird thing as they were trying to do the handoff because it's like to make those hour adjustments someone's got to fill the gap and the seniors don't fill the gap we did. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you come in... Because the newbies couldn't work those right. long hours anymore, so we got to be the ones to make up for the hours that were missing from the new people. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, we still didn't know what we were doing, and we were sleep-deprived. So, it's just a very weird thing. Yeah. So, yeah. We did a lot of talking about sleep today. <laughs> yeah. 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 This I don't is... know how you're going to make this more medically accurate about sleep, because all this inane rambling, lack of sleep. I there feel like we I need a nap. Yeah. Um... I feel great. So I'm like I'm maybe generally it's I have Jackson's notes. <laughs> <laughs> generally, I would ask a question: How do we make this more medically accurate? But I don't think we do because it's Star Trek, and it's the perfect. it wasn't well, and it's perfect. Um, more but, more bags under Riker's eyes. Yeah, more like eight times more more bags. Yeah, but I feel like the things that we wanted to discuss were kind of right. Just not to the same extreme, and none of you guys were, to the best of your knowledge, kidnapped by aliens and had arms removed during your residencies. I didn't say that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to comment either or. The um, aliens and I have come to an agreement. <laughs> Sign an NDA with the <laughs> aliens there. Uh, if any of you have been kidnapped by aliens and had have your arms removed during your residencies. This is not a Maury Springer or a Maury Povich episode. Maury Springer. Maury Springer. Springer. <laughs> Clearly, I have not slept enough. I would watch Maury Springer. <laughs> uh, you can, if you have had your arms ripped off by aliens, you can send us an email at hi everybody podcast at gmail dot com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at hi everybody md. Uh, not ripped, severed cleanly. Severed cleanly. And it could have been ripped and then reattached cleanly. Much harder. 
Please. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you just said it oh, so right. smiley. <laughs> just that was it. the most serious look yeah. I've gotten from Courtney this oh entire episode. Yeah, she's done a lot of. Irony. Okay, final thoughts, you guys. Yeah, final thoughts on Star Trek TNG schisms. This was my least favorite. I love the Next Generation, and I did not like. Oh, this see, this one stuck with me as a kid. We should. We're going to talk more after we stop recording. We're probably going to talk more about Star Trek in the near future as yeah. well. But yeah, I feel like crossover with Independence Day and the father that got kidnapped by aliens and Brent Spiner. Yeah, Brent Spiner is the guy who gets his face pressed up against it. The scientist. <gasps> You're right. With the, with the long hair. Yeah. Can this episode Can we be entitled to Courtney Day? Learned Something? Courtney <laughs> <laughs> Learned a Thing. That should be the, the subtitle day. of this episode. You learn something new every day. No, no, it's Courtney Learned Something. I'll take it. Yeah. I think that's... that's Jet, no, I, any thoughts? no, I got nothing. Like I'm just sitting here just basking in everyone making fun of each other. <laughs> Alright, folks. Well, we will be, at, be back next week with more Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Thank you for listening. Please tell everyone about it because we love it when you listen. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.